Hello and welcome to MORE, which stands for Midday Obviously Reads Everything. So, this is the podcast where I try my very best to finish The Hunger Games. As a self-proclaimed bookworm, it's kind of my duty. So join me and all of my guests as we try to read through the whole series. So sit back and relax as I do my best, my very, very, very best to read all of it. I hope I like it and I hope you like it too. So, let's begin. Hello and welcome back to another episode of More. I have my guest today, Maya. Maya. Hello, Hello, Maya. Thank you for coming to the podcast today. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. So yeah, we are on page 274. 274. And this is the part where like they just woken up from like um breakfast. Not wait, 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 no. They just had breakfast (laughs) waking up for breakfast. They just had their breakfast, and now they're plotting to, like, take away the career's food. Because they're like, okay, the careers aren't hungry, and if they were hungry, we can, like, take them on, you know? Yeah. So we're trying to trying to make them hungry. And Rue's with the gang, so it's Rue and Katniss. They're a team now. Yeah. They're a team. They're buddies. Team Partners. Cat Rue. Cat Rue. <laughs> um, Runus. Runus. Team Runus. I like Cat Rue. Cat Rue. Anyway. Okay. Let's begin... <laughs> Right, do what I say, pulling on my pack. Do what says Rue. But I t- but by the way, she bounces up. You can tell she's up for whatever I propose. Today we take out the career's food. I say, really? How? You can see the glint of excitement in her eye. In this way, she's exactly the opposite of Prim, for whom adventures are an ordeal. No idea. Come on, let's figure out a plan while we hunt. I say. We don't get much hunting done though, because I'm too busy getting every scrap of information I can out of Rue about the career's base. She's only been in to spy on them briefly, but she's observant. They have set up their camp beside the lake. Their supplies stashed about thirty yards away. During uh the day, they've they've been leaving tributes. The boy from District Three to watch over the supplies. Boy from District Three, I ask, he's working with them. Yes, he stayed at the camp full time. He got stung too when they drew the tracker. Jacker by the lake says Rue. I guess they agreed to let him live if he acted as their guard, but he's not very big. What weapons does he have, I asked. Not much, I can see. A spear. He might be able to hold a few of us off with that, but Thrush could kill him easily, says Rue. And the food's not just down the open, I ask. She nods. Something's not quite right about the whole setup. I know, but I couldn't tell what exactly, says Rue. Katniss, even if you could get the food, how would you get rid of it? Burn it? Dump it in the lake? Soak in the fuel? I poke. Rue, I poke Rue in the belly. <laughs> I poked? <laughs> I poke Rue in the belly just like I would prim. Eat it, she giggles. Don't worry, I'll think of something. Destroying things is much easier than making them. For a while, we dig roots, we gather berries and greens, we divide the strategy in hushed voices, and I come to know Rue, the oldest of six kids, fiercely protective of her siblings, who gives her rations to the younger ones, who forges in the meadows in a district where the peacekeepers are far less ob- obl- obligating, obligating than ours. It's like a mini Katniss. It is a mini Katniss. Very cute. Very cute mini Katniss. How old is she again? She's 12, 12 right? And Katniss is 16? Year. Yeah. Katniss is 16. It's Rue's first year in the draw. What unlucky pulled. luck. Maybe she put like the tesserae, you know? Maybe. She said, I'll do it for my family. So mm-hmm. she put like two in? Maybe. Right? I think it's like... Or yeah. how many people in her family? No, it's like for every name that gets put in, she like gets like a little bundle of food or something. Mm. So she could put in as many as she wanted, I guess. I see. Maybe she put like enough for all her siblings to have like a little bundle. Maybe. So she's the oldest of six. She put in five for her parents. Ah, maybe does she even have parents? Just that she's maybe like not. the oldest of six. So maybe she takes she's like the main like 
red earner of right. the family. Yeah. She's, she's 12, 12, the oldest. So, so maybe like her youngest is like two. Yeah. That'd be pretty sad. Yeah. But yeah, so all five of them, that's five plus her name, so that's six, maybe her parents. So that's like Blocks. nine. Yeah. I can't okay. do math. That's eight. <laughs> that's eight. Okay. Um, Rue, who, when you ask her what she loves most in the world, replies of all things music. Music, I say. In our world, I rank music somewhere between hair ribbons and raincoats in terms of usefulness. At least, or a rainbow gives you a tip about the weather. You have a lot of time for that? You sing at home? At work, too. That's why I love your pin, she says, pointing at the Mockingjay that I've again forgotten about. Do you have a Mockingjay? I ask. Oh, yes. I have a few that are my special friends. We can sing back and forth for hours. They carry messages for me, she says. What do you mean? I say. I'm usually up high, so I'm the first to see the flag that signals quitting time. There's a special little song I do, says Rue. She opens her mouth and sings a little four-note, four-run, in a sweet, clear voice. Yeah. That's what it is? Yep. Do-do-do-do. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, and the Bucky Jays spread it around the orchard. That's what everyone knows to knock off, she continues. They can be dangerous, though, if you get too near their nest, but you can't blame them for that. I unclasp the pin and hold it out to her. Here, you take it. It's more meaning for you than me. Oh, no, says Drew, closing your fingers back on the pin. I can see it on you. That's how I can decide I could do. That's how I decide I could trust you. Besides, I have this. She pulls a necklace woven out of some kind of grass from her shirt. On it hangs a roughly carved wooden star. Maybe it's a flower. It's a good luck charm. Well, it's worked so far, I say, pinning the mocking jay back on my shirt. Maybe you should stick with that. By lunch, we have a plan. By early afternoon, we're poised to carry it out. I help Rue collect and place the wood for the first two campfires. The third she'll have time for on her own. We decided to meet up afterwards at the site where we ate our first meals together. She would give would help guide me back to it. Before I leave, I make sure Rue's well-stocked with food and matches. I even insist she take my sleeping bag just in case it's not possible to rendezvous by nightfall. What about you? Won't you be cold? She asks. Not if I pick up another bag down by the lake, I say. You know, stealing isn't le- le- <laughs> stealing <laughs> isn't illegal. I want to say stealing isn't legal here. Stealing isn't illegal here. Yeah, Katniss, don't steal. Stealing is like bad for you. Not in the Hunger Games. I guess so. Are, what are the rules for Hunger Games? Is there, there any rules? There's no rules. There's no rules? I don't think so. Anything goes? Pretty much. So you could like backstab. You could like steal. That's literally the whole Crime. Point. They're killing each other. You know, I realize that now. <laughs> Why would they want rules in a game where they're all killing Maybe to like make it more bad? So it's like you have to follow these rules or else we'll take you out. I guess people find that boring. Yeah. So they're like, we don't want they that. They love the drama. Drama of like mm-hmm. the betrayals and the yes. oh no's and the ah. I see. Okay. Um, at the last minute, Rue decides to teach me her Mockingjay signal. The one that she gives me to indicate the day's work is done. It might not work, but if you hear the Mockingjays... Sing it, you'll know I'm okay, only I can't get right back away. I can't get back right away. But are there many Mockingjays here? I ask. Haven't you seen them? They've got nests everywhere, she says. I have to admit, I haven't noticed. Okay, then, if all goes according to plan, I'll see you for dinner, I say. Unexpectedly, Rue throws her arms around me. I only hesitate a moment before I hug her back. You be careful, she says to me. You too, I say. I turn and head back towards the stream, feeling somehow worried about Rue being killed, about Rue not being killed, and the two of us being left for the last about uh, going back home. No, Prim has a mother, and Gail has a baker who has promised she won't go hungry. Huh? Hold on. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I skipped the line. That's what it was. Uh, Rue not being killed, and the two of us being left for last, about leaving Rue alone, about leaving Prim alone back home. No, Prim has a mother, and Gail, and a baker who has promised she won't go hungry. Rue only has me. Once I reach the stream, I have only I only fall downhill to the place I initially picked up after the tracker jacker uh, attack. I have to be cautious as I move along the water, though, because I find my thoughts preoccupied with unanswered questions, most of which seem concerned about PETA. 
The cannon that fired early this morning, did that signify his death? If so, how did he die? At the hands of a career? And what was, and was that in revenge for letting me live? I struggle again to remember the moment over Glimmer's body when he burst through the trees, but just the fact that he was sparkling leads me to doubt everything that happened. I must have been moving very slowly yesterday because I reached a shallow stretch where I took my bath in just a few hours. I only stopped to repent my water and add a layer of mud to my backpack. It seems bent on rever reverting to orange no matter how many times I cover it. My proximity to the career's camp sharpens my senses and the closer I get to them, the more guarded I am, pausing frequently to listen for unnatural sounds, an arrow already fitting the string of my bow. I don't see any other tributes, but I do notice some of the things Brew had mentioned. A patch of sweet berries, a bush with the leaves that healed my stings, clusters of tracker jacker nests in the vicinity of the tree I was trapped in, and here and there the black and white flash of mocking jay wing in the branches high above my head. When I reach the tree with the abandoned nest at the foot, I pause a moment to gather my courage. Rue is given specific instructions on how to reach the best spying place near the lake from this point. Remember, I tell myself, you're the hunter now, not them. I get a firm grasp on my bow and let it go. I make... Did she just drop her bow? Firm grasp on my bow and let it... And Oh no, it said go on. <laughs> I just added let it go. Let it go. My own... <laughs> you need to just keep reading. Just stop. Uh, I'm like, and let it go. Wait, she dropped her bow. What? Anyway. I make it to the cops. Cops? Copse? Cops. Copse. Copse. Copes? Copes? Cops? Cops? I'm not sure. Copse? Copse. Copse. Um. Rose told me about, and again, I have to admire her cleverness. It's right at the edge of the woods, but the bushy foliage is so thick, laying low, I can easily observe the career camp without being spotted. Between us lies a flat expanse of where the game began. There are four tributes. The boy from District 1, the brutish guy, Kato. I'm Kato. not calling him Kato. His name is Kato. It's my little thing, like um, the Capitol and Cinnabon but and the Cornicorn. You didn't know it was wrong. Well, you told me it was wrong. Yes. But so now you're just going You also told me the other ones were wrong, too. Yeah. And I still kept it. Kato and the girl from District 2 in a scrawny Clove. ashen skin. District 2 is at Clove? Yeah, District 2 is Clove. District two is I don't Clove. know if she has a name in the, in the No, book. she doesn't. Not yet. Maybe she will later. And a scrawny ashen skin boy who must be from District 3. He made almost no impression on me at all during our time at the Capitol. I can remember almost nothing about him. Not his costume, not his training score, not his interview. Even now, he just sits there fitting with some kind of plastic box. He's easily ignored in the presence of his large and domineering companions, but he must be of some value or they would have wouldn't have bothered to let him live. Still, seeing him only adds my sense of unease over why their careers could possibly leave him as guard when they have allowed... Why, 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 why they have allowed him to live at all. All four tributes seem to still be recovering from the tracker jacker attack. Even from here, I can see the large swollen lumps on their bodies. They must not have had the sense to remove the stingers, or if they had, if they did, not know about the leaves that healed them. Apparently, whatever medicines they found in the cornicorn have been ineffective. The cornicorn sits in its original position, but insides have been picked clean. Most of the supplies held in crates, burlap sacks, and plastic bins are piled neatly in a pyramid of what seems like a questionable distance from the camp. Hmm. Hmm. It's giving ambush. <laughs> it's giving someone's hiding in that and they're waiting. Set up. Yeah, it is. Give me <gasps> what if they set up traps and there's traps all over the place. That's why they're so like lax because they have mm. a bunch of traps set up because they got it from the corny corn and the corny corn has all like the stuff. Right. What if it's just traps? There's traps everywhere and like they're trying to trap people. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. 
Um, others are sprinkled around this perimeter of the pyramid, almost mimicking the layout of supplies on the cornicorn at the onset of the games. A canopy of netting set aside from discouraging birds seems to be useless shelters the pyramid itself. Also, it's completely perplexing. The distance, netting, and the presence of the boy from District 3. One thing's for sure, destroying the supplies is not going to be as simple as it looks. Some other uh, factors in play here. I'd better stay put until I figure out what it is. My guess is the payment is a booby trap. That's what I'm saying. Booby trap. trap. In some matter, I think of concealed pits, descending nets, and a thread that, when broken, sends a poisonous dart to your heart. Really, the possibilities are endless. When I'm mulling over my options, I can hear Kato shout out. He's. (laughs) It's not Kato. Kato. That'd be with a K. It's with a C. Kato. Kato. You tell the movie that. Fine. Movie, <laughs> movie, you're wrong. It's Kato. Kato. He's pointing up to the woods far beyond me, and without turning, I know that room must have set the first campfire. We made sure to gather enough green wood to make the smoke noticeable. The creatures began to arm themselves at once. An argument breaks out. It's loud enough for me to hear that it concerns whether or not the boy from District 3 should stay or accompany them. He's coming. We need him in the woods, and his job's done here anyway. No one can touch those supplies. What about Loverboy, says the boy from District 1. I keep telling you, forget about him. I know where I caught him. It's a miracle he hasn't bled to death yet. At any rate, he's in no shape to raid us, says Kato. But Pete is out there in the woods, badly wounded, probably watching over Katniss. And he's like, um, I'm right behind you, girly. What are the odds? Anyway. <laughs> but I'm still in the dark on what motivated him to betray the career. Come on, says Kato. He brushes, he thrusts a spear into the hands of the boy from District 3. They head off in the direction of the fire. Last thing I hear when they enter the woods is Kato saying, when he finds her, I kill her in my own way and no one interferes. Somehow, I don't think he's talking about Rue. She didn't drop a nest of tracker jackers on him. I stay put for half an hour or so trying to figure out what to do with the supplies. One advantage I have with the bow is a bow and arrow's distance. I could send a flaming arrow into the pyramid easily enough. I'm good enough shot to get through those openings in the net. With no guarantee it would catch. Most likely, I just burn it. It's just burn itself out. And then what? I'd have to achieve nothing and give them far too much information about myself. That I was here. That I have an accomplice. That I can use the bow and arrow with accuracy. There's no alternative. I'm going to have to get closer and see if I, can dis- if I can't discover what exactly protects the supplies. <clears throat> in fact, I'm just about to reel myself when a movement catches my eye. Several hundred yards to my right, I see someone emerge from the woods. Second, I think it's Rue. I recognize her. Fox face. Did she even have a name? She's the one who we couldn't remember this morning, creeping out into the plane. When she decides to escape, she runs from the pyramid with quick, small steps. Just before she reaches the circle of supplies that have been littered on the pyramid, she stops, searches the ground, and carefully places her feet on a spot. Then she begins to approach the pyramid with strange little hops, sometimes landing on one foot, teetering slightly, sometimes risking a few steps. At one point, she launches up in the air over a small barrel and lands poised on her tippy toes. But she overshot it slightly, and her moments, movements throw her off and forward. I hear her give a sharp squeal, but her hands hit the ground, and nothing happens. For a moment, she regains her feet and continues until she has reached the bulk of supplies. So I'm right with booby chops, but it's clearly more complex than I'd imagine. I was right about the girl, too. How willy... How Willie? Willie? Well, Wiley? Wiley. Wiley. Whoa! Oh! It's fine. Don't move. Freeze. Is it gone? Oh, okay. That was a big bee. That was a very big bee. It was like the size of like uh, a marshmallow. Like a small marshmallow. Like a... <laughs> uh, not the mean one, but like the regular size marshmallow. I don't think it was the size of a regular size. A regular size marshmallow is pretty big. Okay, maybe two like marshmallows. A, I feel like a mini A mini one? Yeah. Okay. Mini Imagine a, a bee the size of mini marshmallow. That's what was here right now. So I was like, uh. So that was our screen. Yeah. 
how wily she is to discover this path into the food and be able to replicate it. (laughs) (laughs) Replicate it so neatly. She fills her pack, taking a few items from a variety of containers, crackers from the crate, a handful of apples from a burlap sack that hangs suspended from a rope off the side of the bin. Not only a handful from each, though, enough, not enough to tip, oh, but only a handful from each. Not enough to tip off what food, wow. Not enough to cause suspicion on what food was taken. And then she's doing her odd little dance back out of the circle and scampering into the woods again, safe and sound. I realize I'm grinding my teeth in frustration. Foxface had confirmed what I'd already guessed. What sort of trap have they laid that requires such dexterity? Has so many trigger points. Why does she squeal so as her hands make contact with the earth? You'd have thought, and slowly begins to dawn on me, you'd have thought the very ground was going to explode. <gasps> it's mine, I whisper. That explains... Everything. The crew's willingness to leave their supplies, Foxface's reaction, the involvement of the boy from District 3, where they have their factories, where they make television and automobiles and explosives. But where did he get them? In the supplies? That's the sort of weapon the game makers usually provide, given that they like to see the tributes draw blood personally. I slip out of the bush and then cross to one of the ground metal places that lifts the tribute arena. The ground around it has been dug out and padded back down. The linemen were disabled after the 60 seconds we stood in the plate, but the boy from District 3 must have managed to reactivate them. Never seen anyone in the games do that, but it came as a shock to, everyone, to even the game makers. Well, hooray for the boy for District 3. They're putting one over on them, but what am I supposed to do now? Obviously, I can't go strolling to that mess without blowing myself sky high. As for sending a burning arrow, that's more laughable than ever. The mines are set off by pressure. It doesn't have to be a lot, either. One year, a girl dropped her token, a small wooden ball, while she was on her plate, and that, and they literally had to scrape bits of her off the ground. Yikes! 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 <laughs> that sucks. That does suck. Ugh. My arm's pretty good. I might be able to chuck some rocks in there and set off what? One mine? I could a chain reaction. Or could it? Would the boy from District 3 have placed the mines in such a way that a single mine would not disturb the others? Hereby protecting the supply but ensuring the death of the invader? Even if I only blew up one mine, I'd draw the careers back to me for sure. Anyway, what am I thinking? There's that net, clearly strong to defect any such attacks. Despite what I'd already... Bleh. Despite... Bleh. Besides... <laughs> what I'd already needed is to throw about 30 rocks in there at once, setting off a big chain reaction, demolishing the whole lot. I glance back at the woods. The smoke from Rue's second fire is wafting towards the sky. By now, the crews have probably begun to suspect some sort of trick. Time is running out. There is a solution for this. I know there is, if I can only focus hard enough. I stare at the pyramid with bins and crates too heavy to topple over with an arrow. Maybe... Maybe. One contains cooking oil and the burning arrow is reviving what I realize I could end up losing all 12 of my arrows and not get a direct hit on the oil bin. Since I'd be guessing, I'm generally thinking I try to recreate Foxface's trip up to the pyramid in hopes of finding a new means of destruction. When my eyes light up on the burlap sack of apples, I can start with a rope in one shot. Didn't I do as much with the train center? It's a big bag, but I still only need to be one. Blah. We're doing good. It's a big bag, but it still might only be good for one explosion. If I could free the apples themselves, I know what to do. I move in rain and give myself three arrows to get this job done. Place my feet carefully, block out the rest of the world, I take meticulous aim. First arrow tears the side of the bag near the top, leaving a split in the burlap sack. Second widens it to a gaping hole. I can see the first apple teetering when I let the third arrow go, catching the torn flap of the burlap and ripping it from the bag. For a moment, everything seems frozen in time, and the apple spills the ground, and I'm blown backwards into the air. Oh my goodness! She was like, well, good thing she was like far away enough, yeah. but like she's okay. We'll see. Okay. Well, we'll see. don't say that. 
Okay, we're going to read one more page. And then... I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what happens, yeah. The impact with the hard-packed earth my, with a blah, of the plane knocks the wind out of me. My backpack does little to soften the blow. Fortunately, my quiver has caught in the crook of my elbow, sparing both itself and my shoulder. My bow is locked in my grasp. The ground still shakes with explosions. I can't hear them. I can't hear anything at the moment. But the apples must have set off enough mines, causing debris to act with the others. I managed to shield my face with my arms as shattered bits of matter. Some of the burning rained down on me. An, an acrid? 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 Acrid. Acrid? That's crazy. Smoke fills the air, which is not the best remedy for someone trying to regain the ability to breathe. After about a minute, the ground stops vibrating. I roll to my side and allow myself a moment of satisfaction at the slight at the sight of the smoldering wreckage that was recently the pyramid. Creators aren't likely to salvage anything out of that. Better get out of here, I think. I'm making a beeline for this place. But once I am on my feet, I realize escape may not be so simple. There's Brenna. Oh my gosh, we have a special guest coming, but she's not gonna be able. Well, she'll she'll make it. So we'll we'll finish this one here. Okay. Um. Uh, I realize this game may not be so simple. I'm dizzy, but not the slightly woozy kind, but the kind of sense the trees wa- uh, swishing around you and causes the earth to move in way, like when waves under your feet. I take a few steps and somehow wind up on my hands and knees. I wait a few minutes, let them pass, but it doesn't. Uh oh. But she blew up their food. Yeah. So now the creatures will be hungry. They said, ooh, when's lunchtime? Never. Never. They gotta be smarter now. Smarter now. Are they? We'll see. Are they? But Katniss is now kind of in the open. Yeah. But I think she'll be okay. Only because I think she has enough, like, common sense. Maybe she'll go back to the bush that she was in before. Right. Kind of hide there until she gets her bearings back. Then she can wait till the careers fall asleep and then come and, like, uh, do that. And, oh my goodness, we have another special guest that's coming at the tail end of our podcast. (laughs) Shout out to Brenna. Hello, Brenna. And Brenna, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. You're doing great. How are you guys? Good. We We just got the part where she exploded the... The part with the apples, like all their supplies. Uh-huh. We just finished that part. Yes. Yes. So yes, good part. Good part. Yes. Now there's a, a big part that's coming up. Sad part. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm not yeah. talking about. I literally am in the dark about this whole thing. And I have no mm-hmm. idea what they're talking about. But all we're gonna say is she's gonna cry. I won't cry. Come on, people. <laughs> I'm making my predictions. We're gonna make it happen. I think. Um. I think Rue's gonna die. So, I think Rue's gonna die only because they're working together, and I feel like mm-hmm. something's not gonna go right, and they're gonna get expelled. And she'll be like, "Oh my gosh, like is it me or her?" And it's gonna be me at the end of the day. So Katniss will like have to give it up, even though she thinks Rue of like she thinks of Rue as prim. I think it's like she's not actually prim, even though Rue only has me. I can't, I can't be that for her because this is the Hunger Games, and like one of us has to like survive at the end, or she's gonna break the game. She's gonna like fight back against Game Maker and break the game mm-hmm. so that they can all survive or something. Mm-hmm. That's, That's my thing. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much for joining us on this podcast with my guest, Maya. And my guest, my surprise (laughs) guest, Bretta. (laughs) So we will see you again in the next one. Bye! Okay. And done. That's it. We got pretty far for today. So I can't wait for the next one. And if I said something wrong, which let's be honest, I probably did... Don't hesitate to point it out to me because honestly, if you can't laugh at yourself, who are you actually supposed to laugh at? Am I right? <laughs> okay, then I'll see you in the next one. The day out.